Welcome to Living Water Radio. Does the behavior of that other kind of Christian embarrass you? Is there a way to be a Christian that's wrong, delusional, heretical? Today, we're going to talk about what a Christian is. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ, ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. There is a lot going on today among Christians in the United States. There are Christians on the left, Christians on the right, and Christians everywhere in between. In one sense, that's a sign of vitality. Christians in countries where there is basically one state-approved Christian church have a choice, take it or leave it. And guess what? Many have left it. In the United States, we have a choice of take it or go to another church or start your own church. And guess what? We have a Christian vitality which, though struggling in some ways, is still broadly influential and light years beyond the Christian communities in much of Europe, for example. There are lots of different Christian churches, and it takes lots of different kinds of churches to reach lots of different kinds of people. There are lots of ways to be a Christian, but what is a Christian? What would you say if you were asked? As our culture becomes more secular, it's a question that we are all more and more likely to be asked. Some people ask, literally or in effect, why God doesn't perform miracles today. They say, literally or in effect, that if they saw one of those miracles, then they would truly believe. But would they? It didn't happen in Jesus' day, and human nature doesn't change much over time. Even disciples who had seen Jesus turn water into wine, heal the sick with a word, still the storm, even raise the dead, and who had seen Jesus give his life and then take it back again, and then appear to them multiple times, still had doubts. Some people thought that he might be the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Deliverer, who had been prophesied for a thousand years, but wanted to hear it from him in order to believe it. In today's text, they ask him plainly in John 10, verses 22 to 26. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. When John says the Jews, he is usually speaking of the Jewish leaders. Remember that nearly a hundred percent of Jesus' followers were Jewish, and all of his closest disciples. 
But seeing is not always believing when it comes to Christ. In fact, Jesus' response to doubting Thomas when Thomas came to believe after he had put his finger in Jesus' hand wounds and his hand in Jesus' side was in John twenty twenty nine. Jesus said to him, Have you believed in me because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Seeing is not always believing. But believing is a way of seeing. People may know Christians by our selfless love, but we are Christians by our faith, the relationship with God for which we were created from the beginning that we rejected by disobeying God. We are now a new creation by the unearned and undeserved grace of God. Jesus continues in John 10, beginning with the 27th verse, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. Is there life after death? Yes, because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that makes possible the life that we know right here and now. It cannot be taken away from us. RCA was a pioneer in audio recording and home entertainment. They manufactured the gramophone, which had a thick, surface-destroying needle connected to a large trumpet-shaped speaker, like an Easter lily flower coming out of it. Its shape is what the Grammy Award trophy is modeled after. You would crank it up manually and it would spin, first around cylinders and then around flat records, and sound would come out of it. Its logo was a dog staring quizzically into the speaker, and its slogan was, His Master's Voice. The life of a shepherd was well known to people in Jesus' day, if a bit idealized, just as we who are now separated from the farm life tend to idealize the time when our families worked on a farm. But shepherds are still at work, even in our urban areas. Several years ago, a truck full of sheep overturned on Town Avenue. It was hauling sheep to the L.A. County Fair. The sheep escaped and were running around all over the place. When the police arrived, they took immediate action. They got a copy of the Yellow Pages. That gives you an idea of how long ago it was. And looked under shepherds. There they found Basque shepherds, and they were called to come and restore order. They rounded up the sheep, the truck was righted, and the sheep were loaded and sent on their way to the county fair. Life on the farm and in the fields has always been hard. But wherever we are, we are not alone. I read a story told by one of my favorite preachers, King Duncan, recently about a country preacher in the upper Midwest who had a huge territory to cover during the pioneer era. Some parts were so remote that he couldn't get to them in the winter. One day, he was making what he expected to be the last call at a farmhouse before the big freeze. One of the couple's sons, Timmy, had diphtheria. He went in to speak with him. In the course of their conversation, he asked Timmy if he knew the 23rd Psalm. Yes, he said. He had learned it in school, and he began to recite it quickly. The pastor stopped him and asked him to start again, but more slowly, counting the words on his fingers and to think about what each one meant. He told him to stop when he got to the fourth word and to hold his fourth finger. He said, 
when you get to the fourth word and you say, the Lord is my shepherd, I want you to remember that God cares about you and is with you. He is your shepherd. The next spring, the pastor came back to that farmhouse and saw a mound of dirt behind the house with a cross planted in it, and he knew that Timmy had died. He spoke with the parents, and Timmy's mother said Timmy was such a good boy, and even in the end, he wasn't upset, and he had a certain peace about him. But his mother said, after he died, I noticed that he was holding his fourth finger. She thought that this was strange and asked the pastor if he knew what it meant. Seeing sheep following their shepherd, hearing their shepherd calling them out of mixed flocks and coming to him because in the many hours they spent going from pasture to pasture and from stream to stream, they know his voice. It's a reminder that God is our shepherd. We know our shepherd's voice even when we can't see him and we follow him. That's what makes us Christians. We die and rise again in our baptism. Our eternal life begins at baptism. It is a gift not just of quantity, but of quality of life. It is the peace that cannot be taken away, the joy that is our default position in life. We don't earn eternal life. We don't have to, and we can't. We are separated from God by our sin. Instead, Jesus gives it to us, his sheep. We follow Jesus not because we have made a choice, but we follow Jesus because we know his voice, because it is now in our nature. Most people think of sheep in a negative sense. During the pandemic, we heard from people who refused to take steps to care for others deride those who did as sheeple. But that's not the message of the Good Shepherd. I heard a story once about a tourist who went to Israel and saw a flock of sheep being driven along from behind. He got excited and told his tour guide that that was one of the things he came to see, a shepherd and his sheep, just like in the time of Jesus and David and all the rest. The tour guide said, that's not a shepherd. The shepherd leads from the front. Well, then who's that behind the sheep, the tourist asked. The tour guide replied, that's the butcher. We belong to Christ, the good shepherd. Our lives are now hidden in him and nothing can take us away from him because our relationship is not dependent on our human frailties, but on the solid rock that is God. Paul writes of the gift of faith we receive from God that makes us Christians in Romans 10, beginning at the fifth verse. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near to you, on your lips and in your heart, that is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says no one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. 
for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the Christian life. It is lived in response to what God has already done for us in Jesus Christ. We are born again. Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. And so we are saved and made a new creation. We live in the Lord and so we follow him when we hear his voice. This is what the Christian life is. Next time, we'll hear about why it works in people's lives. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variants and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.